morning, City Hope. That is the pits. Let's do it one more time. The campuses, Mobile, Baymanet, Foley, everybody. Come on, one big shout out. Good morning. That's better. Man, I tell you, it's incredible what, uh, I love what the chaplain said at, at Holman. Thanks, City Hope, for adopting us. Man, we have a great family there, and it took a lot of courage for those guys to do what they did. Let's give those guys a big hand. What's so amazing, and I'm not sure which service in Mobile, but one of those men, his mother, and his son are at our Mobile campus watching her son and, and his dad get baptized on that screen since they couldn't get into prison. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And speaking of courage, I don't know if Miss Sandy's in the building, but uh, Miss Sandy has, yeah, she is in the building at the Malvis campus. This lady is just such a trooper. Uh, several years ago, she had a knee replacement. It didn't go well, and she lost the bottom part of her leg, and then she had to have another knee replacement recently. She was very fearful, but it's working, doing great, and she was baptized today. And uh, we, we just, hats off, Miss Sandy. You're a trooper. Wow. And you need to get in a fusion group. And let me tell you, one, one of the uh, inmates, uh, his wife's in another state, and and, and she's called, she's going to start a fusion group in another state just because her husband's connected to City Hope. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, I want to start this series called Stronger. This is kind of the intro. This is the whole premise of where we're going with this. And for eight weeks, we're going to be li- building up and seeing things that we need to do to become stronger. And uh, if you have your device, you can go to Matthew 28. You can also go to Hebrews 2. And I want to start out with this. Uh, I'm sure that many of you know what this is, the gas can, but how many of you uh, have ever run out of gas? Yeah. It's a helpless feeling, right? Yeah. We actually have the Guinness Book World Record holder running out of gas on our staff. Pastor Bart has the record for that. He's, uh, we've been trying to help him get, get, get healed from that. But uh, anyway, it is such a helpless feeling. And, and here's the whole thing. You've got this incredible automobile that costs a lot of money and has all this computer stuff in it and all this high-tech stuff. But if you fail to put gas in it, guess what? It will not get you where you need to go, right? It, it just it will not get you there. It's amazing. Now, I, um, I, I want to I show you something else because I, I, I said a few weeks ago I'm not a hunter. I talked about turkey hunting. I'm not a hunter, and so I, I got information from some guys who are. So uh, I haven't, never will, not interested. Uh, I grew up with Bambi, and I love Bambi. So anyway, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But to a bow hunter, the arrow is just as important as the gas is to the car. Because in bow hunting, you have this complex system of bows and cams and rollers, and you have all this stuff, and with, without the arrow, you, you're, you're not going to get your, your uh, deer. You, you're just, you're, it's not going to happen. So he, let, let me kind of tell you the story, that, the way this works is what I've been told. This hasn't happened to me. But let's say you're going to go hunting, and you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, 
okay? And you're going to go take a shower, but you can't take a normal shower because you can't use soap that has an odor or a scent. So you have to use soap that has that scent killing so there's no bacteria on the skin. And, and, and then because that helps produce odor, so you can't do that. And when you get out of the shower, you cannot dry off with a normal towel because it's been washed with a detergent and probably put in the dryer with a, with a uh, fabric sheet, you know, so it has this odor inside of that. And so you can't dry off. You, you have to use a towel that smells like dirt. Um, you, you, they even have dryer sheets that you put in the dryer so that what you're going to wear can smell like dirt. So you throw the towels in there, you dry off with those, and then you throw on a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt and an old pair of tennis shoes that have all been washed and prepared in something that smells like dirt. And you get in your truck and you drive to the woods. But when you get to the woods, you're not in your hunting clothes because you can't ride with your hunting clothes in the truck because if you do, then your hunting clothes are going to smell like the inside of a pickup truck. And how many even know what that smells like, right? And so the deer are going to pick that up. So what you do is when you get to the woods, what you do is you get out of the truck in the freezing cold. You, you, you know, you drop everything but your drawers and then, then you put on your hunting gear and then you grab all your hunting clothes and you put all your gear on your back and then you go into the woods. And, and you know, you guys who hunt, you know, you don't go in with your flashlight, you go in with a flashlight that has a a red lens or an infrared because you know deer can't see red. And so you go into the woods with this gear and you have already staked out a place. You you have this special place because you've put cameras there and you've been watching this one big buck that comes into your area and you know that he's there. You have pictures of him. and, And so you know how to get there in the dark because you've taken those little twisty uh, tags that, that only our infrared flashlight will pick up and you put them on bushes and trees so you can mark your way in and not get lost. Go straight to your place. And then what you do is you, you go to your tree that you've already attached and strapped the ladder to and you climb up the ladder. You get in your, your stand and you, you put on your harness and you, you're hooked up and there you are with a whole lot of money invested and a whole lot of time. Right, guys? I mean, it is. And, and there you are, and it's dark, and you're sitting there, and you start hearing things, but it's dark. You can't see. So you're thinking, well, there's something down here. Maybe that's my buck, and it's mine. And, and then about a few minutes before the sun comes up, you can see a little bit, and you look down, and it's not a buck. It's an armadillo. It's a possum. And, but right when the sun comes up, you look over, and there is your buck, and he's the granddaddy. And you can't believe it. You've seen his picture. And so he comes in and he gets within your range. He's like, he, he, he's like 30 yards out. And, and so you, you know what you do? You, you take your bow off the tree and then you knock your arrow. And then hunters say the worst sound in the woods is the clang of when your arrow falls out of your bow, hits the tree stand, and falls to the ground. <laughs> and so there you are. And, and, and see, he, he, he actually has you pinned down now. Because you, if you reach for another arrow, he's gone. And so there you are, you're just sitting there looking at your bow. The arrow was your only connection to the buck. And, and, and it, you, you, that, that's your only connection. Your gas is your only connection to get your car to move and to get where you want to go. Your arrow is the only thing you can use to take your buck. But they're both very simple things. They're not complex like that compound bow. They're not complex like the car with all the computer stuff on it. They're just incredibly simple. Listen, life is full of complex problems. 
And I'm sure you have laid awake at night wondering, how am I going to solve this problem or that problem or pay the bills or or, or repair this relationship or or repair the marriage problem or whatever. And and you've gone to those problems and you've thought over and over and over. Let, Let me say this. In the beginning of this series, no matter how complex life is, there's always an answer, and the answer is faith. It's faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me tell you what that means because we think please makes him happy. No, here's here's what it means. It means it's impossible to have God's help if you don't have faith. So any complex problem you come up against without God there, you're, you're facing it alone. So the arrow is the connection to the deer. The gas is the connection to the car to move it, to get to my destination. Those are simple things, and that's what faith is. Faith does, it simplifies life. It takes it to the simple. And and, and what you and I have to do, we have to become stronger in faith because we can't do what God wants us to do. We, We can't go where he wants us to go without stronger faith. And you and I are going to need more faith. The older you get, the more you you realize you need more faith. So today in this message, I'm going to show you an easy way of getting that faith. And here's why it's important that you get this because faith is your only connection to God. The only way you can connect to God. When you became a believer, it was by faith you prayed that prayer. So the only way you're getting to the deer is with the the arrow. The only way you're going to get to your destination is keeping gas in the car. The only way you're going to get to God is having faith. And these are very, very important connections because I I, I need them because there's things that I need or things that I want or or things that I'm going to face, and I can't get them without this simple thing called faith. So faith is your only connection to God. Say that with me. Faith is my only connection to God. Do you know you you can't see God and you can't hear God and you can't talk to God audibly? And and if you do, you need to see one of our pastors, but you, you, you can't touch God. Yeah, but pastor, I get goosebumps. Goosebumps are your emotional response to God. It's not God. It's your response to God. And so you can't reach out and find God. If you could get on the space shuttle and, 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 and go into space and try to find planet heaven, it, it doesn't exist. It's in another realm. You, you, you can't get there. Faith is all you have, but the good news is faith is all you need. That's all you need. So here's what I want to do in this message. I want to show you four facts about faith. Here's the first one. Faith is not self-generated. You cannot self-generate faith. A lot of people, you know, you, you knew someone who had a lot of faith. It could have been your granny, it could have been your mama, and they had a lot of faith, and they talked that way, and they were praying per- people in the house, and, and you knew mama was praying and granny was praying, and, and, and you get the impression that her faith came with the package because, well, grannies have faith. And then sometimes children, they have such innocent, trusting faith. And, and maybe you were in the house and, and you're saying something about not feeling well or you got a headache and, and that little six-year-old comes over and just puts their hand on you and says, this okay, mommy, let me pray for you. And they pray for you just a little short, simple prayer. And in a few minutes, the headache's gone. And you're thinking, wow, that's incredible. That's childlike faith. But here's the deal. We're not a child anymore. Here's the deal. Granny may not be around anymore. So where am I going to get faith? They didn't self-generate faith. Faith, no faith is self-generated. It com- or just comes with the territory because you're a granny or you're a kid. All faith is given in a specific way, and it may not be the way you think. 
Some people think faith comes by what you see. What you saw today is results of people having faith and accepting Christ. And this can help generate and, and excite your faith. But, but you see, there's a story in the New Testament. It's right after Jesus' resurrection. And, and the disciples, Peter and John, go into the tomb, and Jesus is not there. And now they're leaving and going back, and they run on these guards. And in Matthew 28, 11, while they were going, they've been to the tomb, now they're leaving. Behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. And then they assembled with the elders and consulted together, and then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. The soldiers, after the resurrection, they run to the officials and they say, hey, listen, we were watching the tomb, and let me tell you what happened. There's an earthquake, things started shaking and moving, and then inside that tomb, there was this bright light, and I'm not sure what happened, but all of a sudden, there's a couple guys rolling the stone away, and their appearance is so bright and it's so powerful that it literally knocked us out, knocked us down, and Jesus, the body's not there anymore. We don't know what happened, but it's not there anymore. So the chief priests and the elders got together and they bribed these soldiers. And here's what they said to them in verse 13. Tell the people, tell them, the people, that his disciples came at night and stole him away. And, and then he goes on and, and it comes to the governor's ear. We'll, we'll take care of that. We'll secure you. And then it says they took the money and they did as they, they were instructed. And this was a common report among the Jews. So here's the deal. A Roman soldier would face a death penalty if he goes to sleep on the job guarding and, and, and so they're going to tell the people, well, I was asleep. But wait, anybody with common sense, well, if you're asleep, how do you know who stole the body? I mean, if you're asleep, how do you know? No, you're, you're summarizing. And, 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 and so they came up with this lie. And it was commonly reported to the Jews until Matthew wrote this book. So these people, the enemies of Christ, they, they didn't doubt the resurrection. They knew it was true. They just came up with a false story, an alternate story. And so here they are. They're confronted with physical evidence, with eyewitnesses that Jesus is raised from the dead, and they still refuse that he was the Son of God. Later in that same chapter, Jesus is alive, and he tells his disciples, hey, I want you to meet me on a certain hill in Galilee, Matthew 28, 16. So the 11 disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now there's 500 people there plus the disciples and some still don't believe him. They're seeing him. He's alive. They saw him crucified on a cross. They see the holes in his hands. They see the holes in his feet. And here he is talking, but they still do not believe. What's that telling me? That's telling me seeing is not believing. The power to have faith doesn't come from anything you see. The power to have faith doesn't come from an experience in the natural. It doesn't come from your five senses. So number one, faith is not self-generated. Here's number two. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 7, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And here's the interesting part. You're not just hearing it one time. Because you hear it with your ears, which goes into your mind, but you hear it in your spirit. So it's in your mind and your spirit. And God's word has the ability when it gets in your spirit to increase and build faith that you believe what God's word says. That's how you get faith. So anybody can have faith. You you don't have to be a grandma or six years old. Anybody can have faith. It comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. And listen, let me say this. You don't have to pray for faith. Well, pastor, I'm praying for faith. No, you're wasting your time. You need to understand how it comes. It comes from hearing the word of God. You need to know that faith comes by hearing. Now, here's the third thing I want you to see. Faith is made stronger by hearing and by doing. Hearing and doing. In other words, faith is hearing and then exercising. 
Faith is hearing and then exercising the word that you've heard. So I, I want to kind of illustrate this to you because over here I've got, I've, got some, uh, I've got some wheat bread and I've got some peanut butter. And you know peanut butter has got a lot of protein in it, okay? And so um, I need some protein really bad right now. And I'm going to make a peanut butter sandwich. I'm not going to share. Um, but here's a sandwich right here. How about that? And so we, we, we know that this is, uh, this is good, right? Uh, nothing, it's even better if you've got jelly on it or honey. But anyway, just straight peanut butter. That's really good. Also, got to have some water. <laughs> I almost choked to death the last service. And nobody came to give me mouth to mouth either. But... If all I ever do is eat peanut butter sandwiches, I'm going to get flabby. (laughs) Somebody in the back just said, oh, that's why I'm flabby. Okay. (laughs) Didn't work. If all you do is eat peanut butter sandwiches, you're going to get flabby. You, You won't be strong. But if you exercise along with eating the protein, you'll get stronger. Now, I'm going to have some water. Um. I've tried to figure out the best way to demonstrate this. So I thought about doing push-ups. Then I thought about doing weighted squats, bench press, chest press, whatever. And then I thought, you know what? The best way to do this is, this is called a preacher curl. (laughs) So why not? Right? Now, what I want you to see is two things. Last service, I tried to talk while I was doing this, and I nearly died, so I'm not going to talk, okay? <laughs> but listen to me. When I do this, I am putting resistance on muscle. When you build your faith, you're putting resistance on your faith muscle. It's breaking down. Here's why you need to have resistance. is because the world will resist you, Satan will resist you. Your flesh, your own desires will resist you. So you have to get stronger. So I'm going to do a couple of these, and then, we'll, then I'll try to talk after that and see, okay? So there's a lot of resistance. And what I'm doing, somebody said Breathe. So here's what they're like counting over there. I got to finish the sermon. Okay. So watch. Watch. If I do that on a regular basis, what happens when I go home and I go to sleep, my body starts talking to itself. All those little cells, maybe in my biceps or my triceps, they start talking and they say, Man, I don't know what happened today, but we got whipped. We got torn down. We got, we got beat up. So during your rest, recovery time, all those little cells are saying, hey, we got to build back. We got to build back, but we're going to build back stronger this time. Because last time it wasn't enough, and it tore us down. So it starts building back and, and you know, building back muscle. You do it on a consistent basis. But let me say this. If all I do... 
is this, and I don't take in protein, I won't be stronger. If all I do is take in this, and I don't do that, I'm going to be flabby. So I have to do both. And, and that, that's how faith works. Faith works by eating the word and exercising the word. So let me show you what I mean. You come to church and you hear a message. For instance, last summer I did a series called Him, Her, and Us. It's about marriage. I'm not out of breath. I just got a big old piece of peanut butter right here. <clears throat> I'm trying to get rid of. Okay, there it went. <clears throat> In that series on marriage, you may have learned something about marriage. This doesn't work. Don't do this. Don't, don't fight. Sit down and communicate. Whatever. And then when that situation comes and you've heard that word, but you don't exercise that word, then, then you're not going to grow. You're going to fall back and do the same thing. I did a series a few years ago called Servolution, and it was about love never fails. Let's serve our neighbor. Let's serve people. Let's, let's give out. And people, you may not believe what I teach because you have no faith in love, but if you put your faith in something else, well, you know, let's, let's just fight. Let's don't change. Let's just argue. Let's don't change. Let's don't serve our neighbors and our community then, then the word that you've heard isn't being exercised. So you come to church and you're hearing things like, well, you overcome evil with good. You defeat an evil spirit with an opposite spirit. But when you hear it and you're fed for that week, here's what's going to happen. Something's going to come up in the next week, two or three, whatever, a situation. Now what you have to do is do what the word of God says. Because you have eaten, you have taken it, now you have to exercise it. If you don't exercise what you've received, you're not going to get stronger. First this year, we did a series called The Blessed Life. I taught you that you cannot outgive God. Many of you heard that and you started tithing for the first time. And I'll guarantee you there has come a time where it's like, okay, if I do this, I may not have enough to pay the bills. And the enemy comes along and says, you're crazy, don't do that. And if you are exercising the word, here's what you do. You don't listen to the enemy, but you say, God, your word says I can't outgive you, and I'm giving right now. And it says that if I give, you will open the window of heaven. I need you to open the window of heaven right now. What are you doing? You're exercising the word. You're taking that place of authority. You're getting stronger. And that's what we need to do so we can see the blessing come out. If you're not only eating, but you're exercising. And, and, and faith doesn't just grow by eating alone. James 1.22, be doers or exercisers of the word, not hearers only. So when you hear the word of God and you don't do it, what you do is you walk away from a situation. It gets worse. It gets complex. And guess what? It falls out. There's a problem. There's, there's an outcome to it. And you say, well, I heard what the word said. I heard what the pastor said, but that stuff doesn't work. It only works for certain people. No, you, you didn't exercise it. And then what you do is you begin to deceive yourself into believing the word doesn't work. It's not productive. It's just for a certain group of people. That's why we have to be people who eat the word, but people who exercise the word. We have to be, hear and do what the word says, and that strengthens our faith so our faith grows. So if I just do the weights I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, and, and I don't eat well, I'm not healthy, clean eating, I, I'm not going to gain strength. Let me show you how the enemy does this in the natural. And see, this whole series has to start off with faith. And we're, we're going to touch a lot of things. But if we, don't, if we don't have faith, that's our only connection to God. Remember, faith. 
Let me show you how the enemy does it in the natural. You probably have seen on, on some of the history channels of things like that where you've seen prisoners of war, World War II, coming out of POW camps. And you see those men coming out, and they're like skin and bones. And, 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 but you know what they did in that camp. They worked them. They, they worked them. They worked them. But here's what they did intentionally. They didn't feed them any protein because they didn't want them to get strong. They didn't want them to be a threat. Well, that's in the natural. That's exactly what the enemy does. He wants you to be satisfied with coming in and hearing something, but he doesn't want you to exercise and do something because when you start exercising and doing it, guess what? Your faith starts to grow, and next time a problem comes, see, here's the beauty about the th- this thing, the whole thing with Jesus. The Bible describes Jesus, and, 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 and I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go to number four, and I'll tell you what it means. Faith, number four, faith has developmental plans. And, and, and if you don't use your faith in small things every day, you, you're not going to be ready for the big things. So it, it's, it's kind of like this. Hebrews 2 and 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That word finisher is the word developer. Uh, in some of our schools, we have coaches that are qualified to be strength coaches. And they're not going to take this little skinny kid and say, curl that. And here's why. Because they know they can't. But then there may be some that can do more. So what does a strength coach do? He's, divide, he's, he's designed a program for every kid at their level. That's what Jesus does. That's what it means in Hebrews. He is the author and the developer of our faith. He, has developed, he, he leads you. He coaches you. He takes his word, and sometimes things stand out in your spirit from his word. Why is it standing out? Why does it jump off the page? Because he's trying to coach you in something. Why? Because he wants you to exercise your faith a little more. Now it goes beyond what the preacher said or mama said or somebody said. Now it's I have to do this. And I promise you when you start doing it, your faith gets stronger, and you're going to have to have more faith. We all have to have more faith on and on and on. But he's developing you for what you need. See, listen, all of us have a different type of faith. We all have different levels. I'll, I'll give you an example. My son, Trey, who is the associate lead pastor here, uh, he, he has a lot to do with how our church runs. He has a lot of impact on our services and the way things are done and flow. That, that's his world. But, but he has faith for things that I don't have faith for. I, I, I have faith for things that Trey doesn't have faith for. So, for instance, just an example. I, I know about buildings and can build buildings, have built buildings. So building and all of that, that, I got faith for that. that that's, that's just right up my alley. Well, he has the ability to look at a building and figure out the better use and the better design of the building. So he has faith for something totally different than what I did. But when you put it together, then you got the whole package. Jesus is developing each one of you according to what your greatest need is going to be. You may not know what the need is, but he does. That's why he's the strength coach. That's why he's building you up. And so some of you right now, you are well-developed in faith about money. Money doesn't wig you out. Money doesn't bother you. You know how it works. You, you're submitted to it. You know what to do, and you've done it. Some of you are well-developed in healing because God's given you something special. And when you pray for people, people are getting healed and things are changing. He's given you that special faith in that area. And so here's what we have to see. We've got to learn to do, we have to learn to develop our faith that Jesus puts in us. And when he puts his word in us, we meditate on it and he develops faith. And if you want to grow, 
if you want that ability, if you want to see what that is, he'll take you there. He'll put you on a growth track. And, and, and I want to show you something in just a minute on how to start the process. Because if you're not building faith, you, then, then you, you're just, you're, you're going to be weak and you have to be strong. So his, his plan is something that's customized. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, the last part of that verse, it says, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Your measure of faith. God has faith for every single one of us. And, and here's the good news. You never enter a trial that's too big for you to overcome. Did you hear me? Now, if all you're going to do is eat this, you're not going to develop the faith. But if I'm going to eat the word and I'm going to exercise the word in a day in, day out, then when a trial comes, I'm not overtaken by the trial. I'm coming back to my developer. I'm coming back to my personal strength coach and he's going to take me through because no trial can take me out because I have him there with me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except as such as common to man. Here's what that means. Common to man. In other words, you're not going to have to worry about some aliens kidnapping you and taking you to some planet and you have to fight your way to get back here on some spaceship, okay? Has that happened to anybody? (laughs) I know, you've been watching the wrong shows. Uh, That's not common to man. But he goes on in that verse and he says this. He says, "But, but, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to, to bear it. In other words, you, you, you put it simple. If you're in it, you can win it. If you're in a complex problem in life, you may not be the mechanic and know how to work on that computer in your car, but your, your part is put gas in it and drive it. And if it breaks down, you take it to the guy who knows how to fix it. Listen, he, Jesus knows how to fix this stuff. What do we have to do? We have to put the gas in. What do we have to do? We have to put the food in. We have to put the spiritual food in. We have to exercise that. And we have to use it. And, we ha- and, it, and the Holy Spirit brings it to your mind when you face something. And the Spirit of God will tell you, and you'll remember what you heard taught or what you re- read in the Bible. And you'll remember it and you start doing it. And, and you, you, you have to understand that there is no battle that's unwinnable because, because you, you can daily overcome and build up. And God will give you the ability to overcome any battle. That's good news, right? Everybody good news? Okay. So I'm wrapping this up. Well, let me tell you four or five things to do. Let me tell you how to eat and exercise, okay? Go to our website, download some podcasts, other messages. If you don't know how to do that, ask your kid. Uh, <laughs> and start listening to them on a daily basis. Number two, g- get on a daily Bible reading program. The, the U verse that, that some of you click to and, and with our, have our outlines and all that. I mean, it's a Bible app. It has incredible plans for reading through the Bible and the reminders. And, and you can click to different translations and you can read everything and, and you get a better understanding. Number three, get involved in a fusion group. Because in the fusion group, we're going to break down what we teach here into small bites so that, so you're, you're getting stronger with each other. Number four, set aside time in the morning just to read the Bible, just a few verses. Just get in that habit. Number five, use your drive time, your work time, your workout time to, to, to listen to things, to feed yourself. And if we'll take the little stuff, it doesn't take much time. And guess what happens? You get stronger and stronger in faith. And we're all going to need more faith. And the faith you need, it's really simple to get. It just takes the discipline of eating right 
and exercising. Now, let me finish with this. Because I can tell you're so excited about exercising and eating right. Most importantly, if you're listening to me, any of the campuses, online campus, it's going to take a lot of guts for you to admit this, but if you know that Jesus Christ is not the Lord and Savior of your life, if you know you have not invited him in, this is the day and the time to do that. And I want to take the end of this And I want to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you at any of the campuses, I want to lead you in this prayer because I'm telling you, you need more faith. As you raise children, when they become teenagers, you know, when they they go to college, when they leave the house, empty nest syndrome, all that, you need more faith on and on and on, all through life. But if you don't know Jesus, you can't have faith developed. And your your only connection to God is through faith. So let me lead you in this prayer. You can pray this in your heart. You can pray it out loud if you like. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and ask you to forgive us of our sins. Sins against you or sins against people. We ask you to cleanse us. Lord, we believe that you died on a cross so I could be forgiven of my sins. We believe that God raised you from the dead, and I surrender my life to Jesus now. Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life, and I thank you for saving me. And show me now what to do to become stronger in faith. And the church said, amen. God bless you.